Welcome and welcome Chuck Basie. He is in studio, former state representative, Second Amendment supporter. We got Garson in from Graffs in Mexico, Missouri. And if that's not enough, Dale Roberts in from MoGunLaw.com. Uh, just a few minutes ago, I mentioned that there was a ruling on uh, possessing a firearm in the post office. And now I'm feeling like, you know, maybe I got something wrong here because nobody in the studio was familiar with the story. A federal judge in Florida ruled that a U.S. law prohibiting people from possessing firearms inside post offices is unconstitutional. U.S. District Judge Catherine Kimball Mazzell, an appointee of former President Trump, cited the uh, Supreme Court decision uh, that uh, apparently is bringing back the, the Second Amendment. Uh, for her her position on this, uh, in uh, 2022, we had the Bruin decision, recognizing a person's right to carry a handgun in public for self-defense and established a new test for assessing firearms restrictions. And apparently, uh, back when the uh, Second Amendment was drafted, you could carry a firearm in a post office. And so she said, you can again now. In fact, apparently, uh, when they were uh, robbing post offices, we were giving people guns to uh, to protect the mail. Exactly. And that was, I won't mention his name on the air, but the guy we were talking about during break, a good friend of ours who spent his career working for the post office, talked about having a, a U.S. Postal Service issued thirty eight caliber revolver. Because, yes. Because mail used to be important. So I'm surprised that nobody else caught this, but, um, I, I, you know, I, I, it's it's uh, so sketchy, I'm, uh, I'm afraid to test it. But what do you guys think? Uh, I'll start with you since you're the attorney, Dale. Right. I, you know, so first of all, and there are so many cases, I mean, the, that sheet that I sent you, there's so many cases happening, it's hard to... Uh, firearms cases post-Bruin, which is a good thing. It's hard to keep up. Um, But, you know, this is another case where a judge in Florida, a federal judge, but in Florida said, okay, that's unconstitutional. And, you know, unless she issued what is considered to be a national ban, that means her ruling is effective in her district for people who live in her district only, in that judicial district not the rest of the country. So I certainly wouldn't do it in Missouri um, for, if for no other reason than that. Wow. Um, and that's one of the 17 um, well, places in, in Missouri yeah, statute? Yeah, I mean, 571-107 lists 17 places where you're not automatically authorized. You're not prohibited, but you're not just automatically authorized to go just because you have a permit. And one of them is federal buildings. And of course, State law, I mean, I guess it's nice of them to remind us of that, but state law can't change that federal law. And federal law prohibits carrying firearms in federal buildings. Um, but as this judge said, has said, I, after you mentioned it, I found it on, on the computer. Um, you know, that wasn't a prohibition in 1791. The Bruin decision uses the history and tradition test. If a prohibition was in, was in existence when the Second Amendment was enacted, then it's probably constitutional. If not, it's probably not. And that's just, a, you know, another one of those cases. 
So don't go. So don't wander into the post office with your firearm. Oh, no. in, in Missouri. No, or in a uh, VA hospital, or you know, any federal property. You know, there are places where I can see uh, not allowing people to carry would would make sense, but most of those places, uh, you've got uh, stationed law enforcement who are armed, uh, courthouses and things like that. So I, I, I guess I don't have a problem with those, but am I being a hypocrite? Well, so, for example, we spoke earlier about the SEPA cases coming up for oral argument on appeal at the Thomas Eagleton Federal Courthouse in St. Louis. And it's only natural that, you know, firearms folks would be interested in going to hear the oral argument. You cannot take a gun into a federal courthouse. Um, and in th- and they do, you know, they have the magnetron or whatever. They scan your briefcase and your person as you go through. It should be awfully difficult in theory impossible to sneak a gun into the federal building but you got to park somewhere in st louis and get safely from your car to the federal courthouse and then when oral argument ends at whatever time of day or afternoon or evening you have to get safely from the courthouse back to your car in somewhat downtown st louis and that's the concern for me yeah and i guess that mobile gun storage Vehicle never never got off the ground. Uh, not that I heard of. I mean, what a shame! That was a brilliant idea. Yeah, that was pretty darn smart. Uh, for those of you who are not aware, there was a, a, a somebody or some group that thought, well, we'll make a, like a, a an armored vehicle uh, with gun safes in it, and you walk up to the stadium carrying your gun. Uh, you go to the truck. You pay them a fee. They. You know, they give you a token, whatever, some way to retrieve your firearm, and they store it while you're in the game. And that way, you could be armed right up till the minute when you walk through the gates. I thought it was great. I, w- I wonder if it was insurance that got them or what. <clears throat> Licensing from Mississippi. Yeah, hard to say. And, yeah. you know, similarly, so if you have a permit, you may lawfully carry in the state capital. But you cannot carry into a hearing room um, or on the floor. So, again, you know, if, if I'm carrying a firearm and I want to go to the Capitol and testify on a Second Amendment bill, I can get past the security folks, show them my permit. They let me in with my firearm, but I can't legally take it into the hearing room where I want to testify in favor of a bill or against it. It's still okay it, to have pictures of them on your socks, though. It, <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, and, you know, there have been a number of legislators, including, a, you know, former state representative Chuck Basie, who had said, hey, you know, if you come down to the Capitol, you can bring your firearm, leave it in my office and pick it up on your way out. Um, if, if I'm still there, though. Well, you're, uh, yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're, you're no longer there. So that offers. <laughs> well, he was never all there. Uh, that's debatable. No. And, you know, it'd, it'd be nice, I guess, if they had lockers like you have at the gym or other places at the door and you could put your firearm in a locker you know put it in a quarter take the key and then pick it up on, and, <laughs> a quarter and it'd be yeah i'm out of date and uh, you know and like the bus station and then you know when you get ready to leave the building put the key in get your firearm back and go merrily on your way yeah it would be nice if they would do that um 
it, Chuck, why why the limit there? Why why can't you go into a hearing room, but you can carry in the rest of the cabin? I, I, that was passed before I got there, but I would assume that you know a lot of hearings get very heated, and there's a lot of emotional testimony and and things of that nature. So I, I would assume that had had um, that was probably the reasoning behind that, uh, just to prevent any potential uh, problems from occurring. But doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. No, so, people yeah. have arguments all the time. Sure. Uh, and they're armed, and uh, it yeah. doesn't result in gunplay. And I would think if the hearing room uh, had uh, several people who were armed, uh, that it would be motivation not to pull out my gun. Geez, I'm not alone here. There are other people with guns. I don't know. You know, Call me crazy, but I think that would be a deterrent. I really do. Uh, let's see, Michael, why don't more places that don't allow guns provide places to check your weapon? Leaving them in your car is an uh, invitation to theft. Yeah, that's true, it is, uh, but I guess they're just uh, so anti-firearm, they probably wouldn't accommodate that. Exactly. I all think right. they're very, all those guns in those lockers would get in a fight with each other. Yeah, because it's the guns that are responsible for the violence. Exactly. It's never the people who are carrying them. Never the ones who wield them. All right, uh, Garson, uh, you really are tempting me with this uh, arsenal you brought in. I'm tempting myself. I brought one of these specifically so somebody else comes and buys it so I don't have to. Well, it, if, we're, if we're talking about that 1911. Well, anyway, I don't want to tip the hand, so here's what I'll do. I'll take a quick commercial break. Then we'll come back and share what uh, gar what God hath wrought. Uh, what uh, Garson brought from uh, my favorite <clears throat> my favorite gun store in Mexico, Missouri. It'll be show and tell time on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. Hey, welcome! Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. And uh, boy, here's what I did. Uh, Guys, I uh, I was looking. We got a call screener in the studio that's about the size of Iowa, uh, but I was looking at um, these firearms that are in the studio, and not looking at the call screener. And Cherie Tolson Rice called, and I missed her call. Oops. Uh, as a uh, current member of uh, the legislature, it would have been nice to have chatted with her. And if she calls back, we'll 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 bring her on board. Uh, in the meantime, uh, while I'm talking about the phones, and before I get to show and tell, let me get to Chris, who's online, uh, 800-529-5572. Chris, good morning. Well, don't I feel important? I bumped uh, Cherie out. Uh, anyway, on your talking about the post office and guns, I always found it interesting. I, I had a postmaster friend who was kind of going through a bunch of old stuff from an old closed post office, and a lot of that stuff, they just gather stuff for years and put it in boxes and whatever. And he found a, I don't know if you'd call it a manual or a brochure or whatever, on how the postmaster could set up a, a indoor target in his post office to work on his marksmanship. This uh -huh. is how much times have changed. Imagine yeah. going to the post office and hearing gunfire and, ah, oh, we're just practicing, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and I always point out one of, the, one of the more rare guns you can find is a uh, Thompson machine gun that says U.S. Postal Service on it. Because they had those, too, back in the day. Because it was a world of cash, you know? Yeah. Um, Times have changed. Well, you know, the whole term going postal 
is because well, you know, that's a whole yeah. <laughs> some of the original mass shootings. Well, there you go, and uh, I can even hook you up with a song about that. You know, why did they always shoot the supervisor down at the post office? There you go. <laughs> All right, Chris, thank See you ya. for the call. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's do this. Let's uh, let's start. I am I am curious about this uh, Sabati. What, what what do we have here? Oh, the rifle. Yeah. Did so, I catch you off guard? <laughs> yeah, I. When you were talking about the gun, you most liked. I I had that one queued up because I figured you want to hear that one first. So Sabati is an Italian uh, rifle manufacturer. They're part of the Fair Group. Um, and this is their Overwatch. This came out in 2022, and their barrels are hammer-forged, and they use a, a rifling process they call their micro-groove process, which m- leads to a tighter seal around the bullet, which means less gas escapage, uh, which sh- tr- should translate to higher velocities from a similar round out of a traditionally cut rifled barrel. Um, this is pretty impressive this is in 6.5 Creedmoor um, for some reason um, the tactical version with this AR style tube handguard did not take off it's got M-Lock all the way around on it but this one has been discontinued so prices on this bad boy have shot up um, we have 14.25 on this thing and the examples online now are going for two grand wow um, F they still have them in stock so I figured I'd let people know we still have one of these left. Um, it's been replaced by a newer version with a with a smaller stock and just a just a chassis style gun to where there's no handguard. It's just a four end underneath, um, like on a traditional bolt rifle. It's got an adjustable target stock on it, uh, pistol grip, oversized bolt handle, and uh, I believe this is a ten round magazine. The newer ones are coming with a smaller um, three-round magazine because they're not considered a tactical rifle. They're considered a uh, sporting rifle. But um, Ambi mag release on this, so you don't have to get into your shooting position to get the mag out. And the stock folds, and it's got a cutout, so it folds towards the bolt handle and protects the bolt handle while the stock is um, um, folded over. Which what an I, interesting looking stock. Which I find kind of nice. Yeah, it's skeletonized and it's adjustable for uh, cheek weld. And uh, I believe that moves forward and back just a little bit as well. But it's a clean gun. They're highly accurate. It's it's also threaded. It's got a pretty big muzzle brake on it. I, I think they just have the one muzzle brake for all calibers because I don't think the Creed, 6.5 Creedmoor really needs that large of a muzzle brake. It kind of looks like the brake you'd see on a 50 cal just scaled down a little bit (laughs) and then it's got a built-in picatinny rail for your optics so you don't have to go and find a rail or or bases for it it's it's ready to set up you just need rings in your optic and uh do a little barrel break in and you're ready to go it's just a really neat looking rifle and you know it's not i expected this to be heavier than it is I mean, it looks it, yeah, like it, looks it has a lot of mass. The chassis looks large, but yeah, I think they've got it down to about 14 pounds as as equipped. And tell me again, I mean, Sabati, I've never heard of them before. So how, what's their background? How reliable? How um, reliable? I mean, they've been around 70-something years. Um, well, 
they're I mean they're they're not as old as Beretta, but they've been around. Um, you know, and as so they're they're fairly well known in Europe, and they're very competitive in Europe. Um, they they can compare favorably to Tika and Sako. Oh yeah. So um, they're they're putting out high end guns, and they are used in military and law enforcement over there. Um, but you know, breaking into the U.S. market as a newer brand, yeah, they don't have they don't have great brand recognition here, which is why I think you're getting a lot more gun for the price than you would with say a comparably equipped Remington or or even a Osaka or a Tika because Tika and Sako yeah have bred a money behind them yeah. to advertise and nice and gun so I guess recently um, Sabati was joined or became part of the Fair Group. So Fair owns Tankfolio, um, Sabati, and uh, FK Bruneau, and a few other firearms manufacturers. So they've they've kind of made this union to help them better improve their stance in the U.S. market and also get their guns over here in larger quantities to bring the price down in the U.S. Huh. But impressive firearms. They're they've got some cheaper entry level hunting guns. That I think are way yeah. <laughs> oh, that trigger! Dale just popped the trigger and he's oh he's my. So um, yeah, they're they're putting out a premium product and they're and I think because they're trying to gain that market share here in the U.S., they're they're undervaluing their guns. So wow, yeah, good deal. And since everything comes in batches, you know, we we try and keep a fair amount of these around. Um, especially the hunting guns, because the hunting guns are extremely light, and they were all coming threaded as well from the factory. So I, I think they're a really good deal, and they're they're they are putting out a very nice product. Um, and I think they're I think they're undervalued here in the U.S. market. That is nice. It is nice looking. The trigger on that's amazing. <laughs> help me, Rhonda. Help me. <laughs> well, and you notice Chuck doesn't want to touch it because yeah. Yeah. he knows, and yeah. I do, and I do want it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the problem. I just sold a car, so I have a lot of extra money right now. Just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, now now you just have to convince one other person. <laughs> uh, all right, listen, uh, we we can't uh, linger here on this uh, one firearm when we have this entire arsenal here, including a Sig uh, P365, which is really a nice concealed carry. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Um, if you're familiar with the car P9. This is marginally larger than a Car P9, but it holds a full 17 plus one rounds in the magazine, or 17 rounds in the magazine plus one in the chamber. Um, it's slim, it's optics ready, um, night sights, and it's got an integral comp built into the slide. So the barrel terminates um, short of the end of the slide, and then the last uh, three quarters of an inch of the slide actually have a comp cut into the slide. So it's... It's not an add-on piece like you'll see on, you know, most guns with a threaded barrel that have an added comp on the barrel. This one's built into the slide, which is pretty ingenious. It's, it's been on some other guns in the past, but this is the smallest gun I know that has an integral comp in the slide. And it has a, a rail on the bottom as well. Yes. This is neat. All right, we're up against the clock. We're going to come back and wrap up Show and Tell on Gary and Gun. And uh, that's true. Uh, welcome. Uh, it is uh, Show and Tell time. We're running it a little bit late the, this week. 
uh, because uh, we had some interesting stories about the post office. In the meantime, uh, let's get back to uh, Garson at Graphs and Show and Tell. Uh, you want to wrap up? Do just kind of a, a, a recap on the P365 um, so that uh, people know where we're at because we, we kind of cut you short on that. Yeah, so the 365 is the X macro comp. It's a 17-round tiny, tiny, tiny handgun. I, it's 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 a marginally bigger than a, a car P9, and it's optics ready, so it'll take um, RMRC footprint optics. It's got night sights on it, uh, railed, um, seven, uh, two 17 round magazines, replaceable back straps, um, and a and a regular Sig um, 365 trigger. So the trigger's quite nice, uh, single single action. I guess they call it a double action only, but it's a light. Short trigger, and this has got a flat face trigger, unlike Dale's gun, which we had to go, he had to go get to compare this to. <laughs> um, so that's yeah, that's the Sig 365, and it is apparently the newest gun that James Reese is carrying in the new Jet Car novel. Well, that means I'll go right out and get it. It well, and seventeen. I mean, I'd like to sit that next to a Glock seventeen. I mean, seventeen rounds in that is amazing. Yeah, it, it just—it's—it seems minuscule compared to a full-size Glock seventeen. Oh yeah, aren't you kind of like getting to the point where you wonder how they're doing this? Yeah, it, these it, things are smaller and smaller and hold more and more. I guess this the technology this, on the spring. Yeah, this spring has got to be compressed and magic or self-nesting or something because the mark on the back of the magazine for seventeen is maybe eight tenths of an inch. From the bottom of the mag, so wow. I don't know how that spring fits in there. I it's it's I'm I I actually should probably just take it apart when I get home and and see how that spring works. <laughs> Since I don't have any tools to do with me here. Yeah. Um, well, now is there more than one of those? Uh, is there one at uh, there at was, but we sold it yesterday, or well, no, earlier this week. But right. they're they're readily available, so I can get more if this one happens to sell quickly. Okay, so uh, somebody might want to buy it before you disassemble it. And True. Yeah. Uh, so you want to go to gra- you want to go down to Graphs, or at least give them a call and tell them, "Here's my credit card. Hold on to that gun." Yeah, be- before Scott Van Kirk it. Yes, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that I didn't want to come out and say it. Listen, I don't want to get defiant right now, but I am anxiously. <laughs> There's a little play on words. You'll hear. You'll understand that in a minute. Uh, this, uh, this, uh, final firearm, man, that is pretty. All right. So earlier I said the Sabati was part of FAIR. It's actually a part of IFG Italian Firearms Group, which is FAIR, Pedersoli, Tenfoglio, FK Bernot, and Sabati. Um, so this is a Tenfoglio, which, um, most Americans will know better as the EAA witness. Um, EAA has abandoned their CZ-75 clone line for some reason. So Tenfoglio has introduced them under their own brand. Uh, they also were imported by Springfield Armory um, and sold as the P9 for many, many years. Um, this is their 9mm all-stainless limited pro. Um, so they do consider this a competition gun. It's got target adjustable sights, um, the 1911-style um, Bomars. Uh, ambi mag or ambi uh, safety. Um, these are 17 round magazines as well. 
but this has uh, some nice wood grips. It's got stippled, uh, stippled pattern on the front, and then it's kind of smooth on the back um, fifth of the grip. So uh, going for your going for your draw, it kind of let your hand slip over the back of the grip before it locks in on that stippling and the checkering uh, on the front and back, which is very nicely done and not overly aggressive, but good enough to get a solid purchase on. Uh, the slide, so if, if you're not familiar with the CZ75, the slide is reversed, so it sits inside of the frame. So the frame sits up high, and the, and the rails that this rides on are low and inside of the frame, so it gives it a very, very clean look. Um, we got serrations on the front and the back of the slide, and uh, these are just target black target sights. And then most of the controls are offset from the stainless finish in a black, so it's got a nice two-tone look with the wood grips. Man, that is just really pretty, and it's uh, Defiant. Yeah, D Defiant is the is the main brand of their seventy-five clones, and then this specific model is the Limited Pro, and they've got. I'd say probably 30 variations of, of the CZ-75 clone that they make. Um, pretty slick guns, highly customizable. Um, if, if you go to uh, watch Action Pistol or the Bianchi Cup that's held here, um, there's a lot of guys running um, CZ-75 clones of some kind. It's, it, and it's actually probably the most prolific handgun after the 1911 internationally. That is just really pretty, and it's it, that's it, and it's not uh, a lightweight lightweight. I mean, it's got uh, some heft to it, but it's yeah. And so, like this model does not have a rail, but they leave the slide thick, um, so it adds weight to it. So it helps you maintain that recoil or control that recoil um, under under fast strings of fire. So you know something that you do want on a competition gun, maybe not so much on a carry gun. And, um, uh, you know, the triggers on these are awesome, but there are triggers you can get for these that make them unbelievably crisp, uh, crisp and light, um, almost to the point where they're probably unsafe for the average person to have on a gun. <laughs> uh, but oh. yeah, I mean, you can, you can get these triggers down to, um, to be on par with the best 1911 triggers. Out of, a, that, out of a double action gun. That is just really, really nice. Uh, how many of these do you have? Do you have more than one? This is the only one in all stainless, but we've got five or six different variations um, of the of the Defiance in stock. So you got options. It, it just looks really pretty in stainless. I don't know what the other ones look like. I'm just telling you this yeah, one looks really pretty. I've got pretty. one of these in 10 millimeter in all black, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, is 10 millimeter uh, kind of fading a little bit? It, it, it waxes and wanes. Yeah. Um, just like the 357 SIG. The 357 SIG is popular in some parts of the country, but not here in, in mid-Missouri. Hmm. Well, uh, as a rule, I think we are uh, sort of fickle when it comes to new rounds. Uh, you know, something get in, get hot, and then it'll disappear. Well, Tens I mean, were, the, were the topic... I'll bet for a year, that's all I, I heard from everybody was 10-millimeter, uh, 10-millimeter. Now it's the 5.7, uh, and I don't know how long that'll be on top, but it'll fade, and there'll be something else. Yeah. But I, I've been a fan of the 10 ever since Colt came out with their Delta Elite. 
Um, I've I've wanted a ten millimeter since I was a kid, and now I've got seven of them. You're the one. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on. We did show and tell a little late, like I said, because we got kind of got hung up on the uh, post office story. Uh, but Illinois, they they seem to have a small problem in Illinois. Uh, Chuck, they, uh, the legislature there is uh, not as conservative as the legislature, say, in Missouri. They passed an assault weapons ban bill in 2023, and it requires owners of semi-automatic rifles to register their guns. Uh, as of January 11th of this year, 2024, a whopping 1% of individuals <laughs> with firearms, <laughs> FOID cards, uh, <laughs> have complied with the registration requirement. One <laughs> percent. You talk about a dismal failure. I'm sure there's a, a marked increase of boating accidents. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's what it is. Enforcement decisions are left to law enforcement and prosecutorial jurisdictions within the state. And the sheriffs are seemingly reluctant to enforce the ban. I mean, really, Dale, how would you enforce that ban? Do you go knock on the door and say, hey, uh, where's your semi-automatic rifle? And you'd have to wonder, you know, I mean, they'd have to have reasonable suspicion, probable cause. There's got to be something that initiate that whole contact. And I'm sure they don't want to be out there doing that kind of stuff, and especially with gun owners well, and, and from from what I've heard about Illinois, you know, Chicago is the tail that wags the dog, and much of the rest of the state, especially the southern two thirds, are, you know, people like people in Missouri. They hunt, they fish, they like their guns, they go to work. It's it's Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I just I just can't with everything else that's going on in society, uh, going around knocking on someone's door to see why they haven't registered their gun. Uh, it just strikes me as not only stupid, but dangerous. Um, so I can, I can see why the sheriffs are thinking to themselves, no, I don't think we want to do that. Well, and there's, there's a, a number of sheriffs in Illinois that said, we are not enforcing this or partaking in any any part of this. So kudos to those sheriffs, and I hope they're able to um, maintain their noncompliance. Um, I've also talked to people that have family outside of Illinois that they've, you know, um, rescued their firearms out of Illinois, and that's why they're not complying, because they don't have to, because the guns technically aren't in Illinois anymore. How do you, uh, how, do, how do you feel if, if you've gone to all that trouble to write that stupid law and you find you got 1% compliance and nobody is following up? Do you, do you pretend it t didn't happen? Is <laughs> this a... Do you well, take credit for a law that, you know, uh, I've got my uh, anti-gun bona fides. I got this law passed. Uh, but don't mention the other half. I don't know. Well, and since I, Illinois has the FOID card, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody took this to the extreme and, and mandated the state police to start going and, and kicking doors on this. But, you know, they're... It's jurisdictional. I don't think they, they, they can mandate that. Yeah, Not now, but news I articles see with leading to that. News from Governor Pritzker, he seems to be saying, from what I've seen in the news, two different things. One is, well, it's not working yet, but it will be soon. 
been, it's like, well, the deadline is passed. I don't know how you can say that. <laughs> and then there was another art, uh, news article or story where he seemed to be saying, I guess there aren't as many of those firearms out there <laughs> as we thought there were. Oops. Oh, yeah, just 1%. Sure, that's All the right. explanation. I'm still surprised they haven't blamed more stuff on Indiana yet, though. Oh, they'll get around yeah. to that. Yeah, they'll get around to it. Listen, I want to get Jim's phone call in before we uh, go to break. Uh, and then uh, if we have time, we'll answer it. If not, we'll come back and answer it. Jim, good morning. Uh, good morning, guys. Hey, uh, I have a question. Uh, I've been hearing about a, a non-lethal self-defense uh, uh, pistol firearm uh, called a BYRNA is the brand. Berna. Do you guys, uh, Berna. Have have you guys? Do you offer those in your uh, business, or is this only online? And uh, do you have any experience with that? Um, I do not stock them. I do have access to them. Um, I've yet to put my hands on one. For what they are, they're a little pricey, um, especially with the the low cost of pepper spray and stun guns. Um, right. I mean. Stun guns that used to be hundred, two hundred dollars, you can you can pick up for like twenty dollars on Amazon now. Um, so uh-huh. stun guns are extremely impressive. Now the tasers are still expensive because of the technology behind those, and and the fact that they have the cartridges that actually expel the electrodes um, up to I think what twenty something feet. So those are still pricey, but yeah, contact tasers or stun guns are extremely cheap. And pepper spray is ridiculously cheap comparatively. So I think those are... Better alternatives? Not better, but more affordable alternatives. Um, and, you know, for... for The burn is kind of like a, a, a paintball gun that fires rubber balls instead of paint. Um, I know in a lot of countries that don't allow firearms for personal defense, they're allowing these, so they're popular there. But I, I think here, if you're to the point where you need a firearm, I, I don't see why I would handicap myself with something like a Berna. It doesn't make sense. All right, I got to run. I'm up against the clock. Okay, thanks. Jim, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Rubber balls? Speaking of that, Brian, let's go to break. It's Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Chuck Basie is in the studio, and he's not alone. No, no, he, he brought with him uh, Dale Roberts from MoGunLaws.com, and then uh, Garson in from Graphs. Great place to get everything firearms related, and especially if you're into reloading. Uh, and uh, sell all over the world, much less all over the country, and they're right there in Mexico, Missouri. A concealed carry permit holder in Illinois, gentlemen, defended himself after a would-be Facebook marketplace robber attempted to steal his vehicle. Apparently, he's trying to sell a vehicle. They met at the appropriate place, and instead of a transaction happening, uh, they, they, they tried to just steal the vehicle at gunpoint. But there was a problem, because apparently the, uh, the, the victim-to-be was a concealed carry permit holder and was able to respond and, in fact, uh, killed one of the, uh, one of the uh, assailants. So we could go on, uh, wax on infinitum about uh, how wonderful it is uh, that concealed carry permit holders have, uh, you know, prevailed again. Uh, 
But I, I want to kind of take this in a different direction, and, and I don't want to downplay that aspect. It's great that somebody uh, took the time to get the practice, uh, get the permit, to carry the firearm, was able to defend themselves. That's, that's terrific. But I, want to, I also want to talk about when you make these kinds of deals, uh, and I guess there's uh, Craig's, not Craig's, is it Craigslist? Yeah, Craigslist and uh, uh, Facebook, Marketplace. You're going to do a deal with a complete stranger. You're going to be bringing or they're going to be bringing cash with them. Don't do it in, you know, some remote location. Go to the police station parking lot. Meet in the sheriff's department parking lot. So that's where you'll exchange money and examine the goods. Does that does that make sense, Dale? Absolutely. And I know uh, Columbia Police Department for a long time. Uh, I haven't watched to keep up, but for a long time uh, made it clear to the public: if you've got a some kind of a you know eBay, Facebook, whatever sale, you can use the lobby of the police station. It's open twenty four hours. You know, just come on in. Obviously, for a car, you know, you're going to be parked outside, but you can come talk to that person inside. So, yeah, go someplace. Don't, you know, just... Where law enforcement is. Yeah. Uh, you, the bad guy is probably not going to want to go into the police station to try to rob you. Uh, it doesn't It doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, so, again, it, it's great. He was a concealed carry permit holder. He was able to protect himself because they pulled guns on him. But at the same time, you know, generally, we, concealed carry permit holders, try not to put ourselves in a position where we have to do what he had to do. And this would have been a great opportunity for him to have avoided this entirely by saying, you know, let's, let's meet over at the police, uh, at the police station. Uh, I think that would have uh, saved them a, a great deal of uh, grief. Because now he's going to deal with this for the rest of his life. And I imagine it's uh, it's not easy to uh, to get over having to shoot and kill somebody. Has it bothered Alec Baldwin? <laughs> Sorry, did I say that out loud? Well, I don't know. He he looked pretty upset when it happened. Let let me do this before I go because I'm really close to being out of time. Very quickly, Garson, the firearms. Uh, Tangfolio, uh, Limited Pro, Sabati, Overwatch, and the Sig uh, Macro X365 Comp. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. Seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby, honey. I'm coming home, and thanks, guys.